attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about America's newest villain that's more sinister than Dr. Lecter, more heartless than Norman Bates, and more hated across the country and the world are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Martin Shkreli? You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, English, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-faced, dickhead, asshole! And in this case... We're, we're suggesting that English is an insult because <laughs> yeah. I don't think he is. The clip, it's the clip I got. No, he's no. American through and through. He For those American. of you who don't know what we're talking about, there was a man out there who was a hedge fund douchebag. Man, Paul, you're being a little generous. I he know. is a young guy. He's really young. Who uh, saw an opportunity to make some money, and he has uh, taken an AIDS drug that cost what fifty bucks previously, thirteen dollars and fifty cents, yeah. and raised it to seven hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, because he, he could he, make a buck, I guess. Look, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge the guy if he turned it around for maybe thirty-eight bucks, forty-two bucks, maybe Just put it double up it, maybe. Yeah, double, triple, <laughs> triple it. Have, have a, have a whole, you know, go nuts, triple it. But here's the thing that kills me about this guy is that every picture you see of him, he looks so slimy. Yeah. yeah. He could be singing to cancer patients in a children's hospital. <laughs> and you're like, and oh, douche chills. He just looks <laughs> yeah. horrible. I almost felt like when we were deciding what to say about him that it didn't seem like that kind of villain. If we had a movie with an evil villain who did something like that to sick yeah. people, we'd be like, I don't buy that. That's too awful. They I wouldn't know. do that. Yeah, no one. But would he really does it. Increase it by five thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but don't you know the generation you're in, the internet? Because immediately the internet oh. swarmed on this guy, and already he's yeah. backpedaling and saying, "Well, we're going to lower the price. We won't say what it is yet, but we'll tell you we're, it's going to be lower." Very, very reasonable. Four hundred and twenty-two dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's still yeah, going to be too much because yeah. coming back from that amount is yeah. still a lot of profit. That's he's stupid. Right. So anyway, thank anyway. you, Kevin Klein, for sounding off in that sound yeah. clip on that douche. Welcome and to the movie showcast, everybody. <laughs> What you got? One more thing to well, say? I just say we don't. We didn't mean to offend the English, right? Because in right. his list of insults, he calls <laughs> right. him English. Because he's yelling at John Cleese. Okay, to put it go. in perspective yeah. for yeah. those out there who haven't seen a fish called Wanda, and if, also if you haven't, then go see it. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire here on your radio, beginning each day like it was on purpose. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, banter, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in a little pocket of the San Fernando Valley we like to call Burbank Airport Adjacent. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week at themovieguys.net, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, TuneIn.com, PodDirectory.com, etc., do you think people listen to that list and go, hey, that's the one I'm listening to? <laughs> I hope so. Pat themselves on the back. Oh, I've done it's good. It's just I- like when you're at an Aerosmith concert and they're like, oh, it's great to be here in L.A. That's all. Or they think, next time I'm going to listen on poddirectory.com. <laughs> I wonder how it sounds over there. Enough of this Vimeo nonsense. Uh, but wherever you are, the show is absolutely free, and we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes, share and like posts, rate us, leave a review, the whole deal. And if you do, we appreciate it. And, yes. Paul, I have a question. Yes, how much would that cost? It's me? still no charge. Wow. Uh, Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. You can find us on WBAD.net, Internet Radio as well. But basically, just search the movie guys on Bing or Yahoo or Google. 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 And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? And Bart Caius. Sorry, I had a fight in the middle of your Black Panther party. 
Adam Witt will be back next week, but in the second half of the show, we'll be joined by an independent filmmaker behind the new film Bread and Butter, now available on all manner of video on demand, including iTunes, Amazon, Vudu, and more. Liz Manischel. And I know filmmaking is a group effort, but I found out she wrote, directed, co-produced, was the casting director, so... I'm anxious to talk to her about the workload one takes on I when you want to make an independent I film. I hear she also bought the red vines. Did a little catering. A little oh, catering? The ones oh. we're eating the ones yeah, they ate? No, the ones they ate. Oh, okay. But, you know, just in general. Well, until we chat with her, we bring you... Movie previews! Oh, oh I thought yes. it was Cruise News. That's news. <laughs> That's new. Uh, That's I, I don't know what that is. I'm not ready for that. No, I wasn't. I, something better happened now, Paul. <laughs> well, you can count on us for filling you in every week on what's new in theaters. And this week, they're piling them on. Five new releases opening this week, including Hotel Transylvania 2, featuring Adam Sandler. In this picture, there are 47 people. None of them can be seen. Plus... <laughs> The Intern, which could be a prequel to The Internship. We'll find out. Also, The Green Inferno. Sounds like a superhero movie. Shame Adam isn't here to talk about it. Mm. Pawn Sacrifice, which sounds like searching for Bobby Fischer, but actually has Bobby Fischer as a character in it. And 99 Homes. I, got the rat patrol on the cat patrol. I said 99 Homes. Oh. You kicked me out yesterday. I didn't kick you out. The bank did. Did you do construction? I paid $50 cash. Are you kidding me? $50 shouldn't be a joke to you, son. That's Michael Shannon tossing Andrew Garfield and his family out of their homes during the uh, 2008 uh, market collapse and him weaseling his way back into a job, this groveling is first, this is the first to get trailer. a job with Shannon then to become that guy who kicks people out of the house. It's a crazy movie. The snake eats its tail on this one. Yeah. This is the first trailer that depressed me. Yeah. The trailer, I, I want to see the movie, but the trailer was like, oh, God, this seems like it's going to be such a horrible movie about horrible things. It's going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good acting. Yeah. Just the subject matter is going to be horrible. Oh, how great was uh, Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson and Ben Kingsley and Schindler's List? Yeah, exactly. They I were so great. It. Yeah. But there's yeah, something yeah. different. Horrible movie. Horrible movie. They no, were no. great. There's <laughs> something very different about um, watching a movie that about something that happened 50 years ago in a different country and then watching a movie that happened... Less than ten years ago, yeah. down the street, down the street <laughs> to people you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's awfully scary. Yeah, you never own your house. No, we were talking about that. You always just pay somebody else uh, rent. Our first film of the busy weekend is a sequel to a huge hit from 2011, Hotel Transylvania 2. Hey, Paul, this uh, this movie is about vampires, isn't it? Yes. Why do you? Well, uh, I was just really no, hoping, no, no, don't don't say it. Hoping that it doesn't suck. <sighs> All right, that's it. You're out. Karen, you're helping me with this one. Here we go. All right, so to start things off here, let me just do a little math here. So why a sequel? Hmm, let's see. <laughs> the hell kind of adding machine is that? I have a very fancy adding machine. All right, well, let me, let me, let me, let me see what let's see what the results are. Eighty-five million production budget uh-huh. for the first one. Sure. Wow, that's a lot for animation. That's a lot, sure. But three hundred and fifty-eight million worldwide gross. Sequels carry mm-hmm. the one. Yep, sequel. That's Hollywood. Yes. After the disastrous Pixels, Adam Sandler is back in the way most people seem to enjoy him, not being seen. Last time he wasn't seen in the original Hotel Transylvania, the film opened to the biggest numbers ever for a September release. Now, if you recall the plot of these films, a human boy, Jonathan, fell in love with and married the daughter of Dracula, 
Mavis Dracula. A woman with, we can only assume, exceptional sucking skills. So who can blame him, right, everybody? Whoa! Alright, that's that's enough morning zoo. <laughs> well, Mavis and Jonathan gone and done the deed, and now have a son of their own named Dennis, much to the delight of the now grandpa, Dracula. But there's one small problem. The little nipper doesn't suck like his mother. Or his grandfather for that matter. Zing! Oh, I don't have that. Catskill Comedy Corner coming up. <laughs> well, Mavis... Uh, uh, oh, wait, what am I saying? I that was know. you. Well, Mom and Dad head off to visit the in-laws in a faraway, weird, and mystical land. Oh, you mean like Monster Island. Close, mm-hmm. California. Uh. Grandpa Dracula decides to put little Dennis through a monster boot camp of sorts in an effort to try and bring out the fiend in the boy. How exactly do you make your kid become a monster? Give him a cell phone. Ooh, his own expense account at Toys R Us? I know, vaccinate him. All good ideas. Or give him trophies, even if he doesn't win anything. <laughs> oh, that'll work. That'll definitely do it. The voice Adam Sandler has been using as a punchline for over 20 years finally pays off for the second time in this career in the sequel to the successful Hotel Transylvania. And by successful, we mean that we assume that people with kids had to go see it. What a brilliant move, right? Make a movie that appeals to 10-year-olds and you immediately double your ticket sales. Think about it. For every child in the theater, there could be one, maybe even two parents with them. You can't just dump a 10-year-old off at the movies, go drink at the bar for two hours, and come pick him up afterwards. This isn't the 80s, <laughs> 90s, or the early aughts. This is the teens, man. And kids are precious. Or so I'm told. I know animation offers Adam Sandler to not shower and go to work <laughs> in the clothes he slept in, but from what I've seen lately, someone should tell him that he doesn't need to go to the movie premieres looking like that. Hotel Transylvania 2 also features the voice talents of... Everybody, it yeah. seems. All right, mm-hmm. there are so many big names in this movie that if they were all to appear on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon couldn't even list all of their names before The Tonight Show theme was over. In fact, I'd like to test that theory. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. From Hollywood, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. This is Ed McMahon along with Doc Severinsen inviting you to join Johnny and his guests. Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg, Selena Gomez, Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, David Spade, Keegan Michael Key, Fran Drescher, Molly Shannon, Megan Mullally, Nick Offerman, Dana Carvey, Rob Riggle, Mel Brooks, Chris Kattan, John Lovitz, Nick Swartzen, Chris Parnell, and Alan Covert. We did it! Oh, we just wow. snuck it in there at the last minute. And now, oh! Here's Johnny! Wow. What? That was no close. Burt Reynolds? I know Lottie Anderson! <laughs> no Dom DeLuise? <laughs> and Sharo. Oh my god. Alright, that's it. That's what it. movie was that? Hotel I don't know. Hotel, Hotel, Hotel Transylvania 2. So you didn't okay. see the first one? Uh, no, and. Didn't didn't. You don't have any kids that you don't know about <laughs> that you didn't take to the movies. <laughs> no, I, was, I did go to the bar awesome. for two hours. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> that yeah, might have been a movie going on. All sure. right, I watched the preview and I would like to see this. I like stuff like this. Well, I'm not kidding. The first one was Looks the great. biggest September opening in history. Forty-two million dollars because September's not a huge month. I was say, it's like being the tallest man in a room full of midgets. Yeah. All right. Hey, you're still the tallest man. <laughs> All right. Hey, still taking that trophy home. Well, everybody gets a trophy these days. But I mean, that's—I mean, I was surprised because I didn't give this a, a mind when I when it first came out. But if it's that big a hit, well, I think we knew second it was biggest hit of Sandler's career yeah, after wow. uh, Big Daddy or something like that. Right, we knew it was successful. The first one we knew was, you know, it made its money, right? 
The yeah. first one? No, yeah. that's yeah. 140 million. Oh, this one will be. That's yeah. average yeah. for for Sandler. It looks good too, though. The animation is very passable. It's not all dark and moody. It looks really fun and bright. Some of the jokes I also thought went beyond the obvious kick in the balls kind of humor. Like the the one where the grandpa Dracula in the preview wants something his way, so he turns into a little fuzzy bat. That's cute. I've never seen that happen before. Uh, you know what? Points to the trailer. Nobody got hit in the balls. Right? Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. got hit in the balls, and only Blobby got hit in the head. Right. Which is maybe his whole body. So <laughs> it might not even be the head. Yeah. Is Blobby got... Jello? I don't know what Blobby is. <laughs> well, it's Robert Smigel. He wrote this and the first one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that might be one. Triumph the Incel Comet Dog, the ambiguously yeah. gay duo, Robert Smigel. Transylvania, and Transylvania, too. <laughs> I know. So now apparently uh, it right. doesn't seem like in his wheelhouse, but. Bringing in money to Sony, so they'll keep Why wouldn't it. this be in his wheelhouse? He has a talking dog with a cigar. <laughs> yeah, who does not appeal to children. Ah, but that's why I like it. Or at least according to their parents. Okay. No, I'm with Karen. I think this looks fun, and I'd, you yeah. know, if I had a child, maybe. And if you went to the theater to see movies, you'd be all over it. Yeah, if I left, ever you know left what? the house, I'd go to, probably to this one. We'll try and find the first one online, and then Movie Pass. Oh, movie yeah. Pass. We got Movie we Pass, so we'll go. Our next film is the latest from warm, accessible comedy director Nancy Myers called The Intern, starring Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Oh, Shame Adam isn't here. She, she played Catwoman. Oh, that's right. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yes. De Niro is not her father. Oh, hey, boy, that is exciting. All of Are you ge- look, at you, look at the way you gestured. I was gesturing not her father. <laughs> oh, now you, Paul. Paul's rubbing at his mic. Um, and I just wanted to bring that up in case there was some confusion about their relationship. As Are they a dating? Plot, plot, plot no, there wasn't any confusion, oh, but no. thank you for clearing that up well, nonetheless. All right, for some reason, help me out with this one anyway. Okay, here we go. It was just me, right, Paul? I thought they were father and daughter. Yeah, I never thought that. If I that's how the that. movie ends, I'm going to punch you square in the balls. <laughs> Again? Here's a movie that fights against ageism in the same breath that it doesn't cast Diane Keaton. After a walk in the woods in Ricky and the Flash, Old Actors Seeking Redemption Month continues with Robert De Niro playing a 70-year-old retiree... Wait. De Niro is 72. Oh, Christ. Really? Another Hollywood movie star playing younger Ah. than he really is. (laughs) Anne Hathaway plays the founder and CEO of a fashion blog, e-zine, online shopping and lifestyle website or something. She's young, pretty, and successful, and so is her character. I guess after Interstellar, she wanted to calm down with the acting. Robert De Niro plays a retired, successful businessman whose suit and tie didn't go over well at the local Walmart, so instead he takes a job as an intern to Hathaway's character. Let the charm ensue. Now, there are two trailers for this movie on YouTube. Trailer number one is a bunch of scenes with Anne Hathaway and De Niro getting to know each other while trying to bridge the generation gap. While trailer number two shows a lot of charming scenes of De Niro being De Niro. I suggest you see the movie that's previewed in the second trailer. Let's see, a 70-year-old man decides to start at the bottom of a fashion magazine? You know, hipsters all dress like old <laughs> old men. Maybe they're trying to get a leg up on the next trend. <laughs> Triumphs of the human spirit can be hit or miss. And to see if this is your type of movie, let's use every tool in the movie guy's arsenal and check IMDb's plot keywords section. And based on those keywords, Paul, you tell me if you're going to see the intern. Okay. Keywords... Rapping in the car, singing in the car. So that's what I didn't like about Mission Impossible 5. So you are going. In the film, Anne Hathaway's character laments that younger men should be real men, like Harrison Ford, Jack Nicholson, and De Niro's character. Not sure that's a good idea. The film also stars Rene Russo and Zach Perlman. Who? This who. That's who. Where is A.A. Ron right now? No A.A. Ron, huh? 
Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so that's him who said here? Yeah, that was uh, him. Okay, good. Gotcha. Uh, but life's not all foosball and Starbucks coffee at the happening e-blog fashion zine. Soon, Jewel's position at her company is threatened and she, as the investors seek to replace her with a more experienced CEO. Well, thank God there's an older man around to help guide her through this troubled time as she fights to keep what's rightfully hers. Go girl power! <laughs> Paul, this is rated PG-13 for extreme earnestness and brief relatability. Earnestness? 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 Er earnestness? Earnestness goes to camp. Earnestness? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what this movie is. Yeah. Earnestness goes to work. <laughs> it is true. That there are two trailers out there, yep. and depending on which trailer you see, you will either want to see this movie or not want to see this movie. The second trailer tells a much better story about what the movie's about. Is he now? When you say it's De Niro doing De Niro stuff, and what's he doing? Because that's the thing uh, that Steve Schultz was bringing up with this one line about, you know, Anne Hathaway wants these young men today to be more like De Niro. Well, I remember De Niro going. What you fuck? Hey, <laughs> you fuck. What'd you do? You spend the money? I told you not to spend the money. What the fuck? You know, like. That's yeah, but I find that sexy. Is he doing that in, in this way? trailer? That's what I want to see. He's, you, no, he's doing um, uh, uh, Midnight Run. So, you know, that kind of humor, that kind of condensate, condense. Wow, you, you, don't have, you don't have all the words no, tonight. Condescending? Words. Is there condensation in this movie? He's he sweats he's a lot. Sweating. <laughs> so there's a scene where he's helping to take the little girl, the lady's daughter, to school. And it looks like... And Hathaway's daughter? Mm -hmm. Oh. Because it's a little curly-head girl that said... Uh, now, where did you see that? I didn't see that. In one of the trailers I was watching. Wow. There's a scene. It's very quick. He's just walking, holding the hand of the little girl as he takes her to the school. And so I was thinking that even in the voiceover, I think she said something like, I need people in my life I can depend on. And mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. then they showed that because that obviously if you're have, having someone alone with your child, you, you can depend on them, I hope. But I think that the Robert De Niro character that you're talking about is... Maybe a later in his career when he wasn't all ready to beat everyone's ass? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm just talking about he's he's got this great wry sense of humor mm -hmm. and this kind of in-control man who has yeah. all the answers type attitude. The other trailer is just them going, you're old, you're young, this is goofy, hey. <laughs> I have a hard on. Yeah, I can't believe you got a, a hard on. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the other trailer is him being kind of a wise sage and giving guidance and, Perhaps. and kind of setting people... Straight. Perhaps that one uh, goes and the younger one will make people who are younger want to see it. Maybe that's yeah. I mean that's they that's can only relate wise to it. Marketing, and right? then the second one will make people that are older want to see it. People that can relate to those, I guess, qualities in a movie. Something I did notice in both trailers. Uh, Anne, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway not mm. ugly. I knew that was <laughs> totally. I was going to try to do it word for word. Anne Hathaway is very beautiful. Not she has woman. all the perfect features. Isn't that what you say? Uh, yeah. She, she has too many perfect on her face. Almost too perfect, but man, she's a pretty girl. Yeah. And De Niro, good to see him in a comedy that doesn't seem so desperate. It doesn't seem forced. Like La Last Vegas. Last Vegas he was in and The Big Wedding. These ones, I, I, I don't even just kill in time, I think. Because he still finds <laughs> his way into like good dramas like Silver Lining's Playbook and I thought Limitless was good. And he's in the new uh, David O. Russell film coming up, Joy. But uh, so the, yeah, but once upon a time he was in some downright, I liked downright awful comedies. Uh, are you talking about like the one um, with the him and Billy Crystal? What was that? Analyze this. I liked was that. great. Yeah, this reminds Analyze me of that. Analyze that. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I right. will see it. I'll let you guys know how it goes. 
<clears throat> and I'll be going with you. Yeah, I Mo- love stuff pass. like this. Uh, it's awesome. Next up is a film that takes place in the Amazon. Oh, the Amazon. That's yeah. where Wonder Woman is from. Shame Adam isn't here to talk about it. <laughs> it's the newest film from Eli Roth, the writer-director of Ah! And Oh God! And Oh God, please, no God, no! It's the Green Inferno. Karen, sounds right up your alley. Here we go! It's the Green Inferno! So if you're looking for a movie you can't unsee, there's one director to choose from, Eli Roth. The Green Inferno is Eli Roth's homage to infamous cannibal horror movies from the 70s, like Cannibal Holocaust and... Well, Cannibal Holocaust really does cover all your bases. (laughs) But let's play a clip from The Green Inferno and get an idea exactly what it is about. Peru is dangerous. We can't just go invade a country because they're doing something that we think is immoral. I know. I just think I should be doing something about the rainforest. Said every college sophomore ever. In the movie, a group of student activists travel from New York City to the Amazon to save the rainforest and live to regret it. Finally, a movie that will serve us as a stern warning to all those difference makers out there. These tree huggers crash their plane into the rainforest, killing a lot of trees in the process, by the way. Mm-hmm. The irony's not lost on us. Thank you very much. And just when things couldn't get worse, the survivors of the crash are herded up by some not-so-friendly locals. That's, that's not where they are. No, no, no. Then the rest of the movie plays out much like a Bugs Bunny plot, where the captives are seasoned in a big black cauldron until they taste just right. But lest you think this is some do-gooder story where the likes of Meryl Streep plays an idealistic European who drops into a land of uncivilized people to fight for the rights of the indigenous against an invading corporation that wants to take their land, this is about a bunch of uncivilized people that want to eat those white people. (laughs) See Monsanto and Exxon? They're right. The rainforests are trying to kill us, and they must be destroyed. Now, Roth's movies Hostel and Hostel 2 were labeled torture porn, Mm. but really they should have been called pleading porn, because all (laughs) I remember is people begging and bargaining with people holding knives to not put those knives inside of them. It looks like Roth has outdone himself this time, so expect more begging than prom night. (laughs) Hollywood loves green movies. Green Lantern, The Green Mile, The Green Hornet. If this is a hit... We'll finally get that green grocer movie we've been pining for. So what is the message of this film? Green grocer humor. You've been pining, Karen. I have been pining for the green grocer. Uh, What is the message of this film? I don't know. That the rainforests aren't worth saving? That all foreigners with bones in their noses are scary and evil? That jungle love is driving me mad? (laughs) Is it making me crazy? (laughs) The movie is rated R for a series of words the ratings board rarely gets to haul out. Okay, I'm not even sure how to say this. Aberrant? Aberrant? Aberrant violence. Never even seen that word. And torture. Grizzly disturbing images. Brief graphic nudity, sexual content, language, and some drug use. They actually had to scale back the drug use to get the R rating. Okay, that's us. We'll fill you in. We'll fill you in on what's important. Brief graphic nudity. Brief graphic. If it's graphic, it doesn't matter if it's brief or a long time. You're getting an R. Graphic. Graphic nudity. Is this just close-ups? Dude, here's what I like about this movie. I have no idea what I'm going to see, and I can't wait to see it. I have an interesting no story I am shocked by that. about graphic nudity, which yes. this, this um, probably doesn't fall within the category. But remember that movie Witness? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harrison Ford, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll make sure I'm thinking Amish about the same people, one. Right? Right? Great movie. Should have won the Oscar in 1985. Wait a minute. Uh, Amish. Amish, yeah, the Amish up in uh, right, Ohio or I know. something. It's in Pennsylvania. Or, yeah. So I'm watching this movie. I don't know. How right. old was I when that came out? I don't know. Old. 
not old, young, a boy, yeah, teenage. We were both young wee nips. You are probably but just two because of our ages. That's being right. So young. I'm only thirty. So, but I was probably twelve or thirteen. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't out of out of my scope of being able to see. So anyway, I was watching it at a friend's house, and uh, they were Catholic, but they weren't particularly prudish. I don't think. Uh, and we watched all sorts of horror movies over there. And we were watching Witness. And there's a scene where she's just taking, like, a sponge bath, right? And all she does is just turn around, and there's this great full frontal nudity, nudity from the waist up. And just as that happens, my friend's father walks by and stops and looks and goes, oh, so graphic. <laughs> <laughs> walks away. <laughs> so if that's what this is, I'm going to be a little disappointed. If that's the definition of graphic, there's a, a scene in Scarf. Bath is graphic. <laughs> and it was like side boob, I think. There's oh. a scene in Scarf. No, she's full, I think. Yeah. yeah but there's a scene in Scarface where you know Tony Montana's got a table full of coke and mm. he's beating mm. on Michelle Pfeiffer or something. And she's a mess, and they're all yelling and swearing up a storm. That's when my friend Terry's <laughs> wife's boyfriend. <laughs> Came in and started lecturing us about seeing a movie. Like, you don't even live here, dude. We were all so pissed. But that's graphic. It wasn't nudity, but it was just like, that's shit you don't want people walking in on. Random adult in the room will say something. This movie does look almost as disturbing as 99 Homes. (laughs) because <laughs> they're both shot in the daylight. Did you notice that? I like did. all well, the scenes in this one. I'd like to know which one did it first and which one copied the other one. <laughs> I'll let you bring that up. Uh, I don't know what this movie Ca- is. Cannibal but I Holocaust. See it. Cannibal Holocaust is the most disturbing movie of all time. <laughs> they and here's here's was why. there a Holocaust against the cannibals? It was just cannibals running amok. Yeah. But the worst people in the movie are the regular people who the cannibals because they kill animals in the movie. So I don't care the how or the they they'll kill the people kill actual animals in the movie. Jesus, what are you doing? Stop gesturing. I've got things to say. Knocking your mic off. I, the point is, Adam. don't see Cannibal Holocaust because they just kill a turtle in the, mo- in the movie. For real? Yeah. Gross. Just, All right, don't killing. see that. Um, that's what? Before like. So that's uh, that's a Rainforest movie? What's that? That's the Green Inferno. Next up Uh, is a movie perfect for September, Pawn Sacrifice, (gasps) a drama about chess, set when the Russians were the bad guys. Actually, we can't use that phrase anymore, so let me be specific. The 70s. (laughs) It stars Tobey Maguire and Liev Schreiber. Oh, shame Adam isn't here, because they also played Spider-Man and Sabretooth. (laughs) Bart, let's tell the people what it's about. Here we go. From the makers of Pretty Sneaky Sis, the Connect Four story, comes this tale of chess. Here, Tobey Maguire continues his not being Spider-Man, much to our chagrin, in this biopic about the world's greatest chess player, Bobby Fischer. Well, I can tell you right now, not even having seen a trailer, that this movie is no searching for Bobby Fischer, right? Because this movie is actually about Bobby Fischer. Searching for Bobby Fischer was about a fictional chess prodigy by the name of Josh Waitskin. So why wasn't that movie called Searching for Josh Whiteskin? This movie should be called Searching for Bobby Fisher. I mean, it is about Bobby Fisher. Okay, look, we're not doing this again. The movie okay. is called Pawn Sacrifice, and it's about Bobby Fisher. All I'm saying, Paul, is that if you make a movie about some fictional stuntman, you don't go calling it Breaking Evil Knievel. Well, look, they wanted to call it Searching for Bobby Fisher, but that name was already taken. Oh, yeah. This movie is about chess, which means it's, in essence, a movie about people sitting at a card table. So I wouldn't expect a whole lot of action or suspense. Bobby Fischer is in Iceland for his match with the world champion Boris Spassky. It's the chess version of a 15-round heavyweight prize fight. And the chess chess version of a 15-round heavyweight prize fight is two men sitting at a table. Nice try, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Let me give you another more exciting clip. Here we go. Hey! I'm coming for you! 
I'm coming for you! That's the spirit movie. Keep trying to convince me that something happens in you. You know, to hear that clip, you would actually think that this movie is about something. <clears throat> okay, listen, what you need is the story... I think you just said to hear that clip. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> Way to stop the show to weasel oh, that God. in. No, no, go. What you need is the story of how Bobby Fischer went from playing chess to playing speed chess to playing an even more exciting version, parkour chess. Parkour! Parkour! <laughs> the climax of this movie is a chess match. Hey, we warned you. Bobby Fischer, the American, takes on the Russian Grandmaster, Boris Spassky. In portraying Fischer's travails in the overseas chess matches, this shows that from him right on through Dennis Rodman to Donald Trump, we've always had crazy people <laughs> representing the United States. There you go. And as I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago, this is a great movie. That's right. You saw this already. Yeah. Were you uh, were you around when I previewed yes, this? Yes. Yes. Uh, reviewed this? Yes. Yeah. This is a good movie. We got into the argument about the Bobby Fischer title. Yeah, we got confused. <laughs> about about a movie oh, that's right. You all kept saying we there's a great movie out there about Bobby Fischer already. And our guest agreed with us. I know. You were all wrong. <laughs> but but go was, see this and you all will be right. I was thrown by a title called Bobby Searching for Fisher. Bobby Fischer. Sorry if I thought it was about Bobby Fischer. This is Ed, Ed Zwick. Who I think is on board for the next Jack Reacher movie. Ooh. So you want to go see what he's up to. Because he already directed Last Samurai, I believe. What's wrong with Chris McQuarrie? Uh, he's not doing it for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. But um, it's uh, Liev Schreiber, total badass. He does very much nothing. In this movie. Yeah. Yeah, he in plays Spassky. Yeah. yeah. But he does nothing. He just walks around like he owns a world with his glasses and the whole entourage of Boris uh, Badenoff guys behind him. Everywhere he goes, oh, it's great. Yeah, there's a scene of, of Spassky coming out of the ocean and, like, a, a small group of men waiting to robe him. Yeah. And I'm like, did, did Sp was Spassky 6'4 and 250? I hope so. Because it's Liev Schreiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I, oh, and this was written by Stephen Knight as well, who we interviewed at the Phoenix Film Festival. He oh, wow. wrote Locke, oh, yeah, Locke, and he yeah. wrote uh, Eastern Promises, and he's, like, working a lot now because he's got this, and he's got the new movie Burnt coming out with Bradley Cooper. I kid this movie because it's about chess, but yeah. it does actually look like a very intriguing That's film. the thing. When it was over, I said, they made a chess movie really exciting because, yeah. I mean, it's all about Bobby Fischer and his uh, mental issues I because mean, he had them, and they were intense, and Tobey Maguire does a great job portraying him, I think. Last I heard, he was riding a, a bus, right? He, he would ride the city bus. I don't know if it's in New York or Chicago. Are we talking about... Bobby, um, Bobby Fisher. Oh, not Toby McGuire? <laughs> not <Yeah>. Toby McGuire. <laughs> I was confused. Uh, and he had memorized the entire To Catcher, uh, Catcher in the Rye. And he would just quote pages, and you could, come up, you could come up to Bobby Fisher on the, on the bus and go, page 78, line 3. And that he would just sounds start like reading people that Adam talks about all the time on, on the bus. bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he fits right in. <laughs> but I, I kind of got ahead of the movie with one shot where he's a young kid and he's sitting there looking at a chessboard and I said, I bet you we're going to see what he sees when he looks uh. at the chessboard. And sure enough, you see kind of <laughs> these little arrows move around as mm -hmm. to where everything could go because what they say in the trailer, one move could have three billion different consequences or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he you says three moves into the game, there are like three billion options yeah, after yeah. or something. So you can see him starting to put all that together and then he just becomes super obsessed and I find it entertaining. And it's full of good actors. I'm more of a checkers guy, so I don't know if I'll be able to. I understand. <laughs> Our final film is the... Uh, who was the grandmaster of checkers, right? <laughs> yeah, who the hell knows? 
Our uh, final film of the huge five film weekend is 99 Homes. I got the rap Ninety-nine homes. Oh, screw it. All right, let's let that play. Karen, let's talk about it. Andrew Garfield continues his not being Spider-Man, much to our delight, mm -hmm. in this dramatic story about a man who struggles to keep his slice of the American dream. That's right. This movie stars the lesser former Spider-Man, but in what might be a Morer movie. Morer. Yes, Paul. Morer. The opposite of lesser. Of course. All right. Now, ripped from yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's headlines... Andrew Garfield plays a father and husband desperate to get a roof back over his family's head after the home he was living in was foreclosed on. Gosh, I would hate for this movie to give big banks and big finance a bad name. And you need someone to play a badass prick? Well, Michael Shannon's your man. You mean that guy from Premium Rush? Exactly. Shame Adam isn't here because he also played General Zod. Ah, yes. <laughs> I want to see this, but what fringe Rotten Tomatoes critics did they call from to get some of these quotes for that movie trailer? Andrew Garfield breaks your heart. Okay, well that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if he's really good, in, and he is really good in this film. And we remember he was good in the Social Network. Oh, he was really good in the Social Network. So, and that put him in in the spotlight for Spider Man. And those movies, I think, are, are a little lesser than lesserer. He was in Social Network. Yeah. All right, I didn't see that. All right, how about this one? Laura Dern is eternally great. Well, you could just say that. <laughs> yeah. That's just something you could she's say about Oh, her. and she has a movie coming out. Oh, yeah. and by the way, she's in this. Yeah, okay. and she acts. All right, this is my favorite. Michael Shannon magnetizes all eyes. <laughs> it sounds like a plot. It's, uh, that sounds like it a... It sounds uh, like a superpower. A conspiracy theory. I've met the man. He does magnetize your eyes. Oh, you met Michael Shannon? Yeah, and he was really cool. It was a Q&A after a screening. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that you could see the movie and come up with something about the concepts or the idealism. Or, or you could just say magnetizes all eyes. Best part of the trailer, the trailer noises. You know, I love those. Oh, yes. And from the sounds here, you know this is a serious movie. Only one in a hundred is going to get on that arc, son. Every other poor soul is going to drown. Duh. Sounds like they're blowing the houses up. Yeah, he doesn't work enough. He's great. Right? We should see him more. Did oh, you see him in the Hang movie? Hang on a second. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done with the preview. All right, Did that. you see him in the movie where he builds a bomb shelter? Shot in my hometown. Holy cow, that was creepy. That public library is the library I spent oh, many no hours. Yeah, that's that the one we saw him cool. after the, at the Q&A. Yeah. Yep. That's a good movie. Shelter, right? It's just called Shelter. It's called uh, no. Take, take shelter. shelter. Take Shelter. Give yeah. me Shelter. Give me Shelter. No, no, it's Take Shelter. It's take Shelter. <laughs> <laughs> we get that confirmed from the green room? She's in the green room. Take Shelter? Isn't it Helter Shelter? Helter Shelter! Take Shelter. I think it's called Take Shelter. <laughs> well, as soon as he showed up in Revolutionary Road, did you see that? And you think no. he got an Oscar nomination for that performance. He's uh, he's shown great skill at being intense. Look, and so every time you need that guy, yeah, he's your guy. I, I know I'm alone on this. Uh -huh. And I know I saw it on an airplane. Sure. But Premium Rush is not a bad movie. He plays a great... <laughs> Brick cop in that, and I think it's okay. The audience agrees <laughs> that it's a great. They both agree. It's a great story that happens kind of in real time. In in the, not a great story. Great acting. <laughs> I'm trying to get my uh, my direction here. <laughs> she is. Uh, a sounds like director. sounds like uh, something Salad would say. Good, um, good, it's a good movie. Good. Okay, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it immensely. Again, I was on the airplane. I haven't seen it, so as far as I'm concerned, it's a great movie. Till I, I like it. it I like that it otherwise. takes place in a day, and it all it all happens. It feels like real time, and, and, and Mr. Shannon is a total ass. 
Well, he's great in this. And there's a great monologue in the, the little piece of it is in the trailer. Did you see this? Uh, 99 Homes? Yes. Oh. Yeah, and he's it, oh. it, it, it's sad as you say. It's right. intense and sad and um you know, it's like that movie The Big What's that movie coming out? The new Adam McKay movie that has everybody in it, Ryan Gosling and The Big Short. Ooh. Has Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt, Christian Bale. It's like a handsome convention. <laughs> and it's all I about wasn't invited. It's all about some guys who knew who saw the uh the housing crisis coming. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, these movies are just yeah, they just make you angry. Oh. <laughs> this movie just makes you angry. Hang on a second. Laura Dern and Adam Andrew Garfield are married? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. their husband and wife. What? Yeah. That's his mother. No. no, it's his mother. In the movie, they, they're, they're, that's his mother. Okay. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. She talks about how young she was when she, she had it. She could pull it off. She could pull it off. No, I don't really think that that... Do you know what she is? A, She's I, eternally great. <laughs> Just because I, all of a sudden I thought you were saying that that was his wife, and I was like, no, 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 that's got to be his mother. No, that's his mother. He's, he's a father and <laughs> as well as... I think as, he's a widower, if I remember okay. correctly. Or the, the, Maybe she's eternally grateful. Well, she's grateful to be bad enough with Andrew Garfield. What is he? Is he hunky, Karen? Can you tell um, me? Can you tell me this? I love Bill Murray. I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that statement. All right, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to get myself in good categories. You know, like with right now, it, Karen Colin likes Farth. me and oh. Lyle Lovett and Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze some other guys in there. I've got Hugh Grant and Colin Firth yeah. in there, which is nice. All right, trying can to line myself with some. You know, handsome dudes. Can we put Andrew in there for Paul? No. No? Mm -mm. But anyway, let me finish the story. Oh, Michael Shannon tells this monologue about how the whole system is rigged for the 1%, basically. Winners, yeah. It's rigged for winners by winners so winners can win. You know, and everyone else is just can sit back and eat a dick, right? But while he's giving this monologue, uh, Andrew Garfield's sitting down. He's standing up, so he's looking down at him. And I just took a step back while I was watching this, and it's like he's looking at the audience. Oh, wow. With that angle he's looking, oh, he's like looking right. down at everyone, going, "You all have no oh. shot in this." And back when it takes place, of course, we all cool. see it coming. Yeah, uh, and it's pretty cool. It's it's well directed, it's well acted, it's very realistic acting. Yeah. Everyone, you know, that whole scene where they just there's where they get evicted. There's just so much talking over one another, and it's mm. just talking. I mean, but it's real, and it oh, adds it to would be it's just so much uh, chaos going on. But you're right in the middle of it, and it's a. Uh, it's, it's See, this good. is why I, I refuse to buy new furniture because I just never know when I'm going to be kicked out. All right, listen, we're chopping at the bit over here, we have awesome. uh, right. our guest. So we're going to get uh, Liz Manichel in here, writer and director of Bread and Butter. Right after these ten seconds of break, so ten seconds. That's all. Stay with us. Joke. What's happening? He's doing a little blue man. He got right up next to Liz and just stared at her. I was in a box. <laughs> <laughs> they're not mimes. One day you'll see Blue Man Group. Oh, they're awesome. You'd like it. Hey, yeah. we're back. And joining us for the second half of the show is a filmmaker whose new film, Bread and Butter, was seen by a regular contributor to the movieguys.net, Ray Scalacci, yes. at the Phoenix Film Festival. The movie stars Saturday Night Live's Bobby Moynihan, as well as Christine Weatherup and Micah Hauptman. Ray is here in studio to join us in this talk with writer, director, Liz Manischel, everybody. That's me. Yay. 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 Yay, that's me. <laughs> it's my favorite Jewish wine, Manischel. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing? Yeah. yeah. It's very sweet. Yummy. So is Liz. All right. Oh, thanks. Oh, I'd like a shot of Liz. 
Okay, let's calm down. All right, so I talk about when I introduce you at the top of the show that you do everything for this movie. Well, it, it takes a village, of course. Yes. But spearheading it, you entered into a lot of different, wore a lot of hats. Yeah, I mean, with low budget, you have to. Um, I couldn't afford to pay anyone else to do it, so I had to do it myself. Uh, but I had three amazing producers. Like, when I gave myself the co-producer credit, it was really just because I did some sideline stuff. But my three lead producers, or my three main producers, were fantastic. And who are they? Let's um, throw their names out there. Hey, let's yeah, let's write them out the, there. I need to write their names down. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany L. Gray, mm -hmm. Stephen Gibbler, and Valerie Weiss. Weiss. All local folk? Uh, yeah, Tiffany uh, helped me develop the film a little bit and, and pushed me to write pages every week. And Stephen was brought on about a month before production. And then Valerie was like more of a mentor. She had gone through it before, and so she gave me a lot of advice. Who Gosh. helped you raise money? I want to contact them. <laughs> That's the first thing. Kickstarter.com. That's true. Yeah, I saw go. a ton nice. of names. Good job. Like yeah. three or four frames worth of uh, names at the end credits. Just oh, yeah. Like we had to have two songs yeah. because of <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. That's yeah. a good problem. And then they had to raise more money for the second song. damn song. It's true, actually. <laughs> so was that response, uh, it, uh, was it? immediate or was there dramatics was it like oh we're getting getting close to our date and we need to reach our goal or how did the whole kickstarter thing go oh well we did a kickstarter campaign basically a year before we shot uh and then the kickstarter campaign was a puppet musical called we need money <laughs> and um we got is it was like a public access show idea where i went up and i was like i gotta make this movie how do i get the money <laughs> and these two puppets show up and they're like well and then we all start singing uh, so that ended up on Huffington Post and ended up in a few blogs and got us a little bit of attention. And then um, a year later we shot, and then about a year, uh, let's see, that was June or July of 2013, and then we were released uh, at Woodstock Film Festival in October of 2014. And then our official release is September of 2015. Yes, just uh, like a couple of weeks ago, right? Or a week ago? Yeah. Yeah, That's look terrifying. how timely we are. Yeah. <laughs> look at that. Now, can you gauge any kind of response to that? Uh, the first few days, we got a lot of exciting articles written on about us, and we had like uh, you know a lot of reviews that I'd kind of set up for that release, and then it kind of peters out at a certain point. So then you get desperate and terrified. And go on the movie, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Here she is. Well, actually, Ray and I had been talking about this for like. I, I don't know. He it's he brought up the movie guys at Phoenix Film Festival, and I was like, well, that would be very cool, right? <laughs> and we were there the wrong yeah, year, apparently. Say, but then, we have our cup right here from 2014 when we were there. Uh, but then, unfortunately, what, what happened was uh, I got so busy, I didn't even get a chance to see her movie. That's right. And I had to walk. I walked up, and I apologized to her, and I said, look, if you have a screening in L.A., Please let me know immediately, which you, you did. You did. Nice. Yeah, I put you on the newsletter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very smart. Because I put everyone I ever meet on my newsletter. Good girl. That's how you do it. I, we'll be joining your I mean, newsletter. I'm just, I'm just anyone. We'll have that privilege now going yes. forward. That's great. Cool. It'll happen. I have a question about casting. Oh, yeah. Dear. Uh, because I recognized uh, several people. Obviously, Bobby Moynihan pr might be the most recognizable talent you have on there mm -hmm. uh, from SNL. Uh, and then, as I uh, shared with you, you have an actor from one of my favorite sitcoms, Dear John. Dear John. Uh, what's his fellow's Harry name? Harry Groner. Harry Groner, of course. Um, and then uh, Micah Hauptman is in the new Everest. Yeah. So you have a lot of 
decent big name working people how how do you know all these people these people that you cast that you auditioned no. do you know bobby do you <laughs> no. no i know no one yeah i know absolutely no one she um, does now yeah well so, uh, we, yeah, uh, yeah i want to say one more thing before you respond is that you would think then oh well the casting director knows these people but you're no. it I'm so the it's all director. on you and the reason i ask is because <laughs> as an independent film one of the things you try to leverage is getting somebody you know, of note in your movie to, to hopefully give it some traction right. beyond, yeah. right? So you seem to have hit it out of the park, so spill it. How'd that happen? Uh, well, <laughs> I guess it's it's just not as terrifying or hard as you would think. I mean, it's it takes a long time. It took us a year to cast the whole film. Uh, but when you have a fully funded feature, you can just write offer letters to people, and they're required to read the script. And we were lucky that people liked the script. Uh, and once one person came on, you know, another person would come on, and maybe that first person would drop off, but you have that second person who came on, and it's all about leveraging and, um, like, there's this great metaphor that uh, someone had taught me. You know, it's like you have to pretend like the train is moving, and then everyone will jump on the train. So, really, it's about just getting that first attachment. And who was that cool. for you? Actually, the first attachment was a pre-production attachment for our Kickstarter campaign who didn't end up uh, in the movie. Uh, Harrison Ford? No. <laughs> Andrew Garfield? <laughs> no. Uh, it was Patty McCormick, who is an Academy oh. Award-nominated actress, and she was in the, um, oh, God, The Bad Seed, and yeah. she was supposed to play the mom. And oh. uh, we reapproached her right before we shot, and uh, it wasn't up her alley anymore for some reason. And then we just kept on going. Well, I enjoyed everybody that was in there. But. So I that's the, the so really that's the secret. I heard the word fully funded. Yeah. Get the money, then you can get the people. I'm telling <laughs> you, I was trying to write down well, the you, secret. You have you, you have to have a good script too. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's what I mean, sure fully funded. But listen to her. She said they started reading it and they're going, oh yeah. I, we I lucked out. This. We lucked out. Also, I mean, Lena Dunham had just like made a huge splash when I was reaching out to people and. I mean, the buzzwords about female writer-directors was starting to come out of the woodwork. So I think that they thought maybe, which I am not, I could be some, like, good find and some exciting find. <laughs> and then they're all disappointed. They're like, what What happened? Um, <laughs> but it was that kind of idea. I think it was like, you know, this could be an indie gem that we're jumping on board, and it could be something that could be turn out to be bigger. Now, was Bobby a... Uh, uh a preference of yours right out of the gate because I, I, I don't mean to to focus on him so much, but he I just enjoyed watching him in, in this role because yeah. it's not mm. a comedic role per se. And I always like to see some people leave their lane and then do it well. So oh, was yeah. this, did you see something that he had done that, that yeah. said to you, oh, he would be great for yeah. this? Yeah. Um, I saw his agent send me a scene from Girls. He was in Girls. Oh, and okay. that scene told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. He was fantastic and he is a dramatic actor and uh, that was the that's the thing. It's like when he came to set, he's like, "I'm so happy. I'm not a big baby, and I'm not dressed as a lady." You know? <laughs> like, so it's just nice to give him that opportunity. Well, we do have some blue pages for you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Rewrite. Yeah. Exactly. Now I, I've failed to give context in this whole thing, so please tell everybody what Bread and Butter is about, and then Bobby's role in it and all that. Yeah. Okay. So it's an anti-romantic comedy. It's a. I watched a lot of romantic comedies when I was growing up, and I thought that they uh, created a really unhealthy expectations in myself when I went out and, and tried to date um, and I was a late Expectations bloom. in you. Try to get the abs of Matthew McConaughey when you watch it. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure on guys so, too. Everyone, everyone. But just from my personal yeah. experience. Sorry to interrupt. But no, go ahead. I interrupt away. <laughs> uh, 
And so, and I was a late bloomer, and I was like, there's no movies about, like, short, curvy Jewish girls who are late bloomers. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, so I wrote this film based off of, uh, you know, loosely based off of grounded experiences that I had and my friends had. And just uh, more of a story about... Uh, how love isn't magical and love isn't a fairy tale. It's a very nice thing, but you should figure yourself out before venturing forth into that world. And so our hero, heroine, <laughs> uh, tries to figure this out, and lo and behold, ends up with two different possibilities of men to who, yeah. to, who are courting her. It's like a of. traditional romantic comedy. You have that like love triangle you set up. We have a meet cute. It's there's lots of images of fertility and springtime throughout and you know it's a very i guess uh there's we pull from the cliches of the romantic comedy and the idea is about halfway through those cliches start to fall apart and the things that the main character finds romantic in her uh pursuers aren't really romantic they're actually grounded in real life problems well let, me, we? play, let, me, well, let me play a little clip then uh, from the trailer this is some opening dialogue with uh uh, between the girls, and then Bobby comes in in the second part of it. I'm getting close to, you know, <laughs> but I can't. Maybe you need another person. That's about masturbating. Lots of, lots of masturbating in this movie. Oh, yeah. Lots of dildo oh, yeah. action. A lot of vibrators. Never had a therapist that forced me to dance. I like the idea of dancing. That's me, by the way. Karen, let me say it here on the air. Yes. I like the idea of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but as your big, tall, awkward husband. So are we allowed to uh, to share the one particular <coughs> characteristic of your lead that is kind of the linchpin? That she has red hair? <laughs> yes, that she is a <laughs> ginger. Um, yeah, we go for whatever you want well, to say. Well, she's a virgin. Oh yeah, you yeah, can yeah. talk about that. And 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 you think that that's going to be the the real crux of this, but it's not really. That's mm -hmm. that's the kind of the the background against which all this other <coughs> stuff happens. But what the, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I was sharing this with Karen is that there are there is a lot of scenes or a lot of scenes of her masturbating, and and we've seen this with gentlemen or boys and they always drift <laughs> off into this fantasy world of this ideal woman and it's a very specific woman with a very specific look and she looks you know very specifically i love that your character's <laughs> fantasy man is just a, a shape is just a guy <laughs> it could be any literally could be anybody could he's be just wearing like a black body stocking you can't see mm -hmm. his face you can't see his body yeah. he's just a form that's there and that's all that matters to women that that's what's wonderful <laughs> very well. smart well, okay. <laughs> Is that not what I'm supposed to take away from that? Is yeah, that it may have reached it at the I end. I don't there. need those abs. I can just be a <laughs> shapeless blob as long as I'm warm and next to them. It's well, that guy from American Horror Story. That's, <laughs> that's what I kept thinking about. I kept, people read the script and they're like, black body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think the idea is that she doesn't have any real sexual experiences to draw from. So without that actual experience to draw from when she's masturbating she can't picture anything she doesn't know uh, what she wants see i thought it was a comment on how just just women shallow just and want black bodies well no just that that women are deeper and more you know have more substance well, to well, their I like fantasies that. I, I like right? that. men are very specific and very visual women are more emotional and and substantive and and i think that comes across i don't want to give too much away but there is a scene where she starts reflecting on somebody 
And she's not reflecting on his abs. She's not reflecting on his face. She's reflecting on the experiences mm -hmm. that she's had with him. And I'm watching this movie. And I'm going, wow, that's deep. That shows me, you know, where a woman's head is, where a guy, like you said, you know, is thinking about boobs. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it would have been the classic Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, Phoebe yeah, Gates exactly. coming out of the pool. Exactly. But this was just body man next to her fulfilling mm -hmm. this need that she has. All right. As a lady, I can tell you. <laughs> I can uh, masturbate to Lloyd Dobler <laughs> holding that that boombox oh. above his head outside my bedroom window. Yeah. That's what does it for a lady. Yeah, yes. romantic. yeah that's okay. totally romantic. I think that's what I was getting yeah. at. There's also a great scene in Cheers. I don't know if you guys are big Cheers fans. I've seen every single episode. There's okay. nothing in what? Cheers that goes okay. into Spank Bank, but i got to hear this. <laughs> yes, there is. Nearly every Christie Alley scene. Christie oh. Alley scene. And any Dana Delaney appearance, but anyway. Oh, that's this true. is the Shelley Long scene, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, okay. uh, but yeah. they were. she was talking about a fantasy that she was having, and it was a sexual fantasy, and they were like, well, what happened? And she was saying, like, oh, well, he, he came to me, and he confronted me, and then and then I wake up and they're like what changes and she's like what he wears but like there's it's like this very yeah. like tepid yeah. sexual fantasy that she has and I probably misquoting it but that also is part of the inspiration yeah, it's so Diane Chambers it, <laughs> yes. it really is yeah. so what did you learn in casting because well, you started talking about casting that you you didn't as a director because a director goes to a lot of these I mean I, I don't know I haven't directed a feature but did, would a director go to lot out of, did you go to sessions you wouldn't have gone to as a director uh, you mean casting sessions yeah um, yeah I mean I organized all the casting sessions because I'm clearly a control freak um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah so uh, when we had an we had an open call for Amelia at a certain point I wasn't finding the girl I wanted because I was very picky about the lead character because I saw her as my avatar a little bit uh, and so I, I kept on thinking, where's my short Jewish girl? I don't see her anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then um, we, I wrote an article for IndieWire about how I couldn't find her anywhere. And people just wrote to me. They're like, I, I often feel marginalized by, ca by casting directors, and I'm a little different. And, um, you know, casting directors say that I'm fat and I'm not fat or, you know, whatever it is that they're saying, um, they felt disenfranchised. And one of those letters was Christine Weatherup, who said, you know, I'm often not, I don't fit into the best friend role, and I don't fit into the, you know, the gorgeous dream girl role, and it's hard for me to get cast sometimes. He, by the way, I'm an actress, here's my reel. Uh, I brought her into one of the open calls as a, as a filler, actually. I didn't really think much of it. And she's tall, and she's a redhead, and she's nothing what I expected, but she nailed it, and she nailed... A vulnerability to Amelia that I hadn't anticipated and that's was like the one of the gems of these casting sessions was meeting Christine Weatherup. She's very genuine. Mm -hmm. She's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. No offense you couldn't find short Jewish girls. Did you try Manhattan? <laughs> no I didn't because <laughs> no, okay. I couldn't afford to fly to oh, New York. Okay. Okay. That's true you are on the west coast. Yeah. yeah. Harder to They're find. all tall and lean out here but yeah. I'm pretty sure back in Manhattan. <laughs> I would have I made it. I think you would have been yeah. all right. At the end credits you have a thanks to Whit Stillman and Nicole Holof Center. Yeah. We're watching closely. Yeah. Uh, do they have something to do with this or, just they your or are they just your inspiration? Yeah, well, um, Whit Stillman's my hero. Right. He's my favorite director. And he's been my favorite director since I was a teenager. And um, I used to be on a review show called Just Seen It that was on PBS and Hulu. And I was a movie, you know, as a film critic. And uh, we reviewed Damsels in Distress. And I put it on his Damsels in Distress Facebook page. 
And he commented on the one person in our group who didn't like the movie. He's like, Rachel, I think you're reading the film wrong, and here's why. And I wrote back, and I was like, by the way, like, hello, I love you. Like, you're the best. Uh, and I Facebook messaged him, and he gave me his email address, and I somehow convinced him to donate to our Kickstarter campaign, and I somehow convinced him to watch the film. Wow. Uh, and he introduced me to a sales agent at one point, so... That's the Whit Stillman thing. He's on our newsletter list, and he's Excellent. the coolest. Uh, and hey, for then, those of you who don't know, uh, Last Days of yes. Disco, right? <laughs> Metropolitan Barcelona, mm-hmm. Whit Stillman. Great indie filmmaker Wonderful. forever. Yeah. And then Nicole Hall Center is my other hero. Um, I'm obsessed with walking and talking and please give, and you know I just really love her. And uh, Friends she, with money, is that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, she also was supposed to come on our movie review show because I was trying to get her on it. And I got her email address by accident because she accidentally replied. Like, I wrote to her agent, and her agent forwarded it to her, and she accidentally replied to me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I took that, and I ran with it. (laughs) Good for you. Ballsy. I like it. And I... And I asked her to come on the show, and then I somehow convinced her to watch Bread and Butter, and I was like pitching her to be her executive producer. And uh, anyway, so she watched the film and she gave notes. That's cool. cool. Yeah. So long stories, but really exciting stories. Yeah, but anytime you can get access to people, yeah, and anytime they're kind them, really. about about receiving it too. Yeah, they're you know, very that, nice. That's good to hear. And it figures with indie. I mean, they've been there. Yeah, I imagine, right? Yeah. Probably. Now let's talk about this. Just seen it. It was called. Scott just seen it, yeah. Yeah, I saw that on your IMDb. So this is a a, a, a review show that you did. You covered everything. So you, do you have any thoughts on what you know, we were talking about at the top of the show this week's? Uh, what I didn't really movies? have any thoughts. I was really horrible at the show. Like I didn't. <laughs> I, I'm not quippy, and I like have nothing to say that fits into like short. Like obviously, like right now, I'm like blah 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 blah. Um, so <laughs> so you don't speak in sound bites. That's okay. But we it's not just sound bites. It's like you guys can sum up so easily how you feel, and I have a lot of difficulty with that. Well, when you hate everything, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that's, yeah. That says it all. There you go. <laughs> so my thoughts on the movies were like, I, I also agreed. I saw that there were two trailers for right. The Intern, and yeah. I one of them definitely made me want to see yeah. it more than the other. Uh, but everything else, I was just like, this is amusing. I love this. That's <laughs> interesting to see that uh, on The Intern, because normally when you get two trailers, it's green band, red band. Right. But here's a uh-huh. nice, pleasant, non-offensive movie that still gets two trailers. And this is Millennial and Generation X. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. Is Generation X ours? What's ours? Why? Why? No, we're X. We're X. I don't know. Yeah, we are. Oh, I think. Are we baby boomers? No. No, no we're not no, baby no, boomers. No. no. I don't know what the I'm hell. I'm a I baby am. boomer. Oh, we're not that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute, Karen. We were born in the '95, '96. '96. For certain. '96. Holy. So. Um, but when um, so when you uh, called it, seen it as a S C E N E. Well, I didn't. I just want this to be clear. I did not name the show <laughs> um, because the grammar doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just seen it, so you have to say at the end of every show we say like we've all just seen it. So you have to put it in the context of like it's the past tense. We've all just seen it. Uh-huh. But then when you're talking about like I'm on the show, just seen it. It doesn't make any sense. Where did you like seen it at? Exactly. <laughs> you yeah, say, yeah. I seen it at a uh, movie theater. Do you have to say the name of it like a Muppet? Right. Just seen it. Just seen it. Kind, kind oh, of. Do. I shouldn't say anything no. bad about the show. It was actually a Fantastic. great. I was in. I was touring with the film at various film festivals, and at Cleveland and at Phoenix, I got recognized. And this oh, is like cool. really funny to me because like 
no, like no, like we just thought our parents were watching, but like we found out that like four other people were watching us, and yeah, so that was kind of cool. We, uh, sometimes we are recognized. Paul and I were doing Nine to Five, the musical, and a woman wanted to uh, who watches the show. Hello, she wanted to see us, and we met her, and it was exciting because I've never met anyone who watches our show, and other than our relatives, right? And she was normal and lovely, a very pretty, smart woman. It was shocking. Clearly left the house. She yeah. wasn't all pale. A singer, yeah. She sings. She's artistic. It's a little shout out to Leah. It was yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah, it, it was wasn't shocking. Wasn't a shut-in? She no. had use of both of her legs. She was normal. Oh, my God. She was excellent. All right, Told so, you I could make a worse joke. Yeah. All right, no, so I still think so <laughs> Since you've just seen a lot of movies. Yeah. With your just seen it creds. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> let me ask you what we ask every guest on here. What is your oh, favorite yeah. movie of all time? Oh, my favorite movie of all time is Broadcast News. I oh! love you! <laughs> Number three for me. Oh, but really? my God, that's the he greatest loves movie. That I movie. I just like, there's a scene in it where uh, Albert Brooks says to Jane Craig, I, I like know her character name, but Aaron I know Aaron Alvin. And he's like, <laughs> uh, you know, you're the type of friend where if um, I were the devil, you'd be the only person who knew it or something like I that. Would tell. And, and, yeah. and I love that scene. And then I love just the ethics that they explore oh, about, oh you know, ahead of their time. Yeah. So ahead of their time. Recreating and mm-hmm. what it, the true emotion and him using two cameras. Like, yeah. I, don't I can't wanna believe give I just away. risked my life for a network that tests my face with focus groups. <laughs> 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 and the idea good. that the person who's pretty gets to be um, the one who we listen to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's messed That up. is more oh. of a masterpiece in terms of endearment, which I enjoy. But well, very good, yes. But broadcast news is amazing. is amazing. And I like the ending. And I saw the alternate ending on the Criterion. Oh, I never did. You what? have to see really? the alternate yeah. ending. I'm not going to tell you. have to see the alternate ending. Uh, okay. Wow. I, yeah. d- I want to because I don't like how it ends. The ending's oh, very realistic. But, really? Because uh, yeah. it goes into the little... That's okay. Yeah. yeah. And he Love loves it. Albert Brooks. That oh, is he's, his oh, he's my hero. hero. I tweeted at him once and he responded. Oh my I got, god! I got, I've tried like a couple minor times. Minor moments where I'm just like, "This is the best thing I've ever, you know, ever seen." But yeah, he's so funny. Yeah, I've replied and retweeted and some stuff. And tried to retweet, quote tweet, you know. I think but I caught him at a low, like one of those moments where he's like <laughs> peeing, yeah. and he's like, "I might as well." Like he wasn't doing. Hey, anything. I can respect this. One day I was in the bank in my credit union. I want to give him full credit. The credit <laughs> union, and I heard. Cute as a bug by Lyle Lovett, and so I was just standing in line. I had some time, and so I just tweeted, "Hey, my my credit union's the best. They're playing Lyle Lovett. Cute as a bug." And I kind of tagged him, Aww. retweeted it. Whoa! What? Right away, and I was like, "Lyle Lovett! This is so exciting." <laughs> so when I ta- met him, I talked to him about it. He was like, "I remember that." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that tweet. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good tweet. Good stuff. Oh yeah. How many? Uh, do you know the names of the cabinet members? Look, if uh, we were having a conversation, it's, we're conversing. Say the names of the cabinet members slipped my mind. Do you know them? All 12? Yes, Aaron. There's only 10. Oh. Uh, you're feeling good. I'm starting to. Yes. We'll oh, do Capitals oh. of the States next. I love when he's singing and he's like listening to Gladys Knight and the Pips. Yes. And he sings along and he's like, I'm singing and reading both. I can <laughs> sing and while read I read it. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. I say it here, it comes out there. Yes. That movie, if you have. All right. So if you've learned nothing from today's show. <laughs> and there's plenty you there's could have learned by you now. Might have learned. If you haven't learned it's anything, different. you're really not paying attention. <laughs> Go and see broadcast, broadcast news. news. As it's soon the as best you can. female character I think that's ever been written. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. When she unplugs the phone because uh, she has to cry. To cry. Yep. I just, she has to schedule amazing. time in her day yes. to cry. Amazing. 
it must be great so to be the that? smartest person in the room. No, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there's the, uh, that's funny you bring that up because I saw um, in one of the trailers uh, for The Intern, mm-hmm. right, which I think has a very veiled sexism about it, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen the movie where where they want to replace her with yeah. with somebody. A more we don't seasoned know. Yeah. We don't know who it is, but she has this man to kind of help her through the moment. But yeah. when she's told about this, she starts to cry. Huh. And she's being a very... You know, Overt. With her well, she's being a very... Well, she's being a woman about it, and that's uh, not... Oh, <laughs> oh, hey, oh easy. man. Ooh. <laughs> but <laughs> my point is, you should be allowed to do that. You know, for example, when when Hillary Clinton was seen with her hand over her mouth, that's a very natural reaction for that person, be- largely because she was a woman, right? When we were killing uh, Bin Laden, there was a scene of her like going, like gasping, and there was some criticism of that. And I said, no, you should be allowed to be who you are. Oh, so of this, course. right? So this, this, uh, it was uh, Holly Hunter, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. she she has to cry. Men would not do that. Men would not have a moment to cry. But really? I didn't read it as she was taking time to have a private cry. I took it as she like didn't have time in her day to cry, and that's why she had to unplug the phone. But the crying at all is unique to a woman, no? Oh, I don't know. I know men who cry. Is that weird? To I know Rocky cried. Men. Rocky. Oh, that's awesome. Remember? Sorry. Yeah, amazing movie. Well, I'm talking <laughs> about in, yeah. I, I see how you're... I think I see what you're saying, Bart. So these are two people. Uh, men should be men and women should be women. And if women cry, cry. It, that's not a... Oh, I'm going to stab you with this pen. <laughs> um, in the eye, no, please. In the, the eye. What I was going to say is the only thing well, in those two... Let me finish. Okay, the yeah, yeah. Well, let me finish. I will. The I only will. two <laughs> things in these two movies and those two instances that are right. in common are crying. <laughs> it has nothing... Okay, here's the thing. Holly Hunter could have unplugged her phone to eat chocolate. The point is she had to schedule an activity right. into her day. That has nothing to do with I'm getting shitty news and I'm fucking great and now yes. I'm going, all right, hang on, let me just process this. Holly Hunter's not processing. She's just wound up. Well, my, I guess my, my point is, is on two levels. Yeah. One, that the writer, director, the filmmaker decided that they're going to have this character do this thing mm-hmm. in response to stress. Mm-hmm. And oh. they chose a woman to cry in response to stress in both of these situations. What's your? Oh, instead of like coming back with a gun and shooting everyone, or doing something, or screaming, or, or punching or a hole in the wall, or, or doing something overtly masculine. And you know what? I open doors, so I'm just saying. <laughs> I open doors <laughs> and I pull out chairs and I pick but up does tabs. Does that make you a feminist? No, it makes me a gentleman. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> He's pointing at me. It's getting very I was excited. I was threatened to be stabbed. But I think <laughs> that is true. But I think the whole idea is the whole idea of what all of you were talking about is that. She she did something that nobody would do. She pulled that plug so that she made the time for that emotion. Yeah, that's what. I it's not about crying or anything. It's about I don't think she made time for an emotion. She made a time for an event in her okay, day. An event. In she her could day. have masturbated, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. the only time she masturbates, which I would have approved of. I would have been fine with <laughs> <Yes>. that. <laughs> because in your movie, lots Happens of good masturbation. That was my question. My question was: Did you have any issues with the fact that they showed a woman taking time out simply to cry? No, I loved mm-hmm. it. Okay. I thought it just showed how out of control her control was. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, I always feel like, um, so there's a lot of talk about feminism uh, right now, and they always say like, oh. And I'm apparently getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were, like, I guess a few months ago, they were talking about upspeak and, uh, you know, whatever, like, Kim, the way Kim Kardashian talks and, uh, you know, upward inflection at the end of your sentences and asking questions and women apologizing. And um, my feeling is that women don't need to stop apologizing uh, men could just start apologizing. Like that's it's like let I don't see the need to focus on women not crying. Men could cry. Yeah, you, you can know? add back the thing to the other sex. Other that side. Yeah. It's not bad to cry. It's not bad to not cry. It's not bad to say sorry. It's not bad to not say sorry. So it just there's a lot. Of, I think that's why we're like attacking you because no. it's in the air lately mm-hmm. where it's like all these also, conversations about women. Also feel free to attack him. That's his yeah, part. Please, please play this here. But we as play a woman, different characters. We attack him. Yeah, But as a woman you didn't see that and say oh they shouldn't no. make her look weak. They shouldn't make her do these no, things. No because the character's so fully formed throughout the film. Yeah, okay. And I Anne didn't, Hathaway right? I didn't find a problem. <laughs> not Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway in that when she's her cry, by the way, I don't know if men get this. I'll just say that to be a big jerk. But her cry isn't, oh, what was me? What am I going to do? I'm so scared. I get the impression her cry is, are you fucking kidding me? Mm. And women don't say, are you fucking kidding me? Because that's just not how we're all brought up. So instead, we try to take that shit in. Internalize it. Internalize yeah. it. And your body starts to make tears. You're not crying because you're so sad and upset. And what do I do? Your fucking body retaliates with tears, and then you have to fight the fucking tears. And yeah, you're like, no, I don't want to cry because now. you don't want that to manipulate the situation. Yes. You don't want people to do something because you're crying. And women sometimes use that to get what they want, yes. and you don't want to come across. You as don't want to do those that. fucking women. You don't want to be like that. <laughs> you're not crying. You're just fighting your face. Is what you're doing. Not crying. I'm just <laughs> tears are pouring out of it's my true. eyes. I'm not crying. I do it. I try to fight them, and then I cry more, yeah. and then fuck. I'm curious, Bart, have you ever cried in a movie? Oh. In a movie, yes. <gasps> what uh, movie? What movie? Uh, it was a small independent film called 12 Steps, I Had to Cry, and I shed a real Wait, tear. Wait, you oh, talking no. about acting? We oh, saw acting. Are you talking about sitting in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Ray? I was acting. Experiencing a film. No, have you ever- I'm talking about a movie he saw. Like you're watching a movie. Like Bambi. Okay. okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're human. Yeah. Yeah. That's- <laughs> I wish I was there to see Bart vulnerable. I know. I'd like to see that. (laughs) If men men don't know how to be vulnerable and cry, they should watch their heroes in film for inspiration because it's not a one of them that can't, that hasn't, if they don't have that availability, they're not a great leading man. I sob myself to sleep every night, but that's a different reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's another episode. That's a whole other. Uh, Last thing I'll say is that uh, it's not not surprising that you love broadcast news where you yell at a female character for the choices she's making concerning guys. Bread and butter. <laughs> all right, yes, so... Yes, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, wonderful. Let's, uh, but let's go from one of the greatest movies of all time to... What did you see this week? What did you see this week, Table? I saw oh. a movie in which a very strong female character... Yes. Was in the lead. The, <laughs> uh, the original Terminator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. God, that's such a great movie. That's such a take you to its time and place. You're in this mood movie. And I think it's the music. I think it's. Yeah. And it's also Michael Bean, who is very attractive. Is that the first one? He's in the first one. He's Kyle Reese. Yeah. Is that kind of. Okay. Yeah. I don't pay attention to these people's names. 
Uh, but by, I, I have to admit, I'm a little offended being reduced to just sexual. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. As a guy. There. Yes. <laughs> I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and one of my favorite scenes is when she, she's, uh, or Kyle's in there explaining what's happening because he sounds so crazy. And the way the doctor lays it all out, whenever somebody repeats back to you, Something they can always make it sound like cre- so. Uh, they'll be coming through uh, this portal, but I, I noticed you didn't bring anything with you. You know, oh, and all all of his answers are so convenient. Yeah. Like they just sound so conveniently. Oh, so you didn't bring any weapons from the space, the uh, future space, because that would have helped, right? You can't bring any metal. Oh, but the robots are made made of metal, but they're covered with skin. It's all this great <laughs> convenient excuses. That's good. That's yeah. And they fun. continue in Terminator Genesis. Yep. You know, why is Arnold aged? Well, because of this, you know. And so they've, yeah, it's all there. Uh, we all had a disagreement a little bit on uh, oh, going right. to see Black Mass. Yeah, it, it turned out that we, Paul and I, saw it with Ray. And Paul and I, as soon as the movie was over, I was like, ah, I feel this way about it. And Ray and Paul were like, we feel this way. And then Ray came over to the dark side and agreed with me later. How did that happen? Did you start I crying to get him I was off? crying to get him to <laughs> like me. Explain yourself, Anakin Scalacci. <laughs> Look, I, I, I thought, actually, I thought just as she thought when we saw it. I did like it, but at the same time, I did see where she said this was a slow burn. And it didn't move like, say, a Sidney Lumet film. Which is, if you see Prince of the City, Dog Day Afternoon, these type of films, you know, they're so well crafted. And I feel that sometimes these guys, they don't nail it completely. They have great scenes that are just amazing. And he had some great scenes. There were a lot of great scenes. And there was phenomenal acting. But as a whole, I didn't feel completely gelled. And the more I thought about it the more it bugged me about it. Yeah. And I felt like, and I'm not going to say it was like the, I'm not going to say it was like this, but it does remind me of another movie. What, what was the movie with, um, now I'm going to have a brain fart. Um, God, Jennifer, 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 uh, come on, help me out. Uh, O'Neal? No, 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 from, <laughs> from Hunger yeah. Games. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay, what was the Jennifer? American Hustle. American Hustle. So, oh. To me, one of the most overrated films, Martin yes. Scorsese-like. Yes. You know, it was like, <laughs> I want to be like this, but you're all over the place. And yeah. this director that did American Hustle, I feel, has a tendency to do that with his films. And the only time it really worked was Silver Linings Playbook. That was Because great. it was yeah. schizophrenic. And his, oh, yeah. his directing is very schizophrenic. Yeah. American Hustle's like that, and American Hustle was so overrated, and I felt that when I saw the critics come out, I, I mean, I, I started to write my review, and I'm going, and a friend of mine called me up and said, wow, LA Times just raved about this, and I went, oh no, it's going to be one of those. They're, they're going to all rave about it, jump on the Johnny Depp bandwagon. But it, it, Wait, and, you're it, back on Black Mass now. It, no. I, right, or are you still on American Hustle? Wait, I just want to oh, call I'm, you. I'm, you're I'm, back I'm, on Black, Black Mass. Mass. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Black Mass. But let me, ah. say, let, me, let me see this. Did it not bug you? Because it bugged Karen and it bugged me. Uh-oh. The freaking eyes. The vampire, the vampire eyes, eyes. And the bad tooth. And I'm going, no. 
I'm, I'm, that didn't the bother eyes, you? Well, it totally bothered me. And the reason is because Johnny Depp, first of all, is fantastic. He's a great yeah, actor. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need that. And as everybody who sees movies knows, eyes, everything's about the yes. eyes. So don't cover them up with yes. a crazy vampire contact. And, and, and here's the thing. That's I so thought, simple. And the first thing I thought was maybe Whitey Bulger had some weird freaking eyes. Right, and they never so addressed the it. first thing I did. Did he have weird eyes? I, I went up, no. I pulled up pictures of Whitey Bulger. He's got normal blue eyes. He's got what normal blue eyes and good eyes? teeth. Brown. Good teeth. Uh, well, it doesn't matter if his eyes are blue. I can see why they'd want him to be blue. So but. all I could think of is, is that that Depp turned around and did his thing like he always does. You know, with the makeup and the, you know, he's always got to go the extra mile. He didn't have to go the extra mile no. here. He was fantastic. He had the lizard. They, they, just they had, you the hair it, was great. The, the makeup was, the, the hair was great. The makeup was great. All that was good enough. The acting was you great. Didn't, yeah, the acting was phenomenal. You didn't need anything more than that. You don't need lizard eyes. Yeah. Mm, clearly. <clears throat> Thank you. He did look like the Bram Stoker's Coppola Dracula. Yes. With the big, you know, oh, yes. Man. With the head. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, I sat down and halfway, well, very early on, I went, oh, yeah, this is a mob movie. I love mob movies. I like it. Oh, yeah. That's what happens when I sit down in front of a Western. I go, Western. I, wait a minute. I love Westerns. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. I loved watching, I mean, I hate to say I rooted for the bad guy, but I loved watching Bulger just work these guys. You know, he was... Totally pulling the strings yeah. and manipulating no, the right. FBI and working all this. And so one scene to the next was never a dull moment, I thought. Every scene seemed to have purpose and meaning, and there weren't just like, you know, some gangster scenes just to have them. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed it obviously much more than you guys. But <laughs> and, but we all agree on the performances. Joel Edgerton as well. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom. He, Corey uh, Stoll's uh, in there, too. Yeah. Fully Benedict, good Benedict Cumberbatch. Just yeah. Wonderful. Great. Yeah. Played his brother. I thought that was a cool dichotomy. They were yeah. cool together. Did you see anything else besides that? A little bit of foul play. Oh, we started to watch that. That's got, good. Got too late though. <laughs> yeah, we got. We. I we can't believe you hadn't seen a Chevy Chase movie. Just when Chevy Chase came on the scene, Goldie Hawn does a bunch of stuff at the top, and uh -huh. then Chevy Chase showed up, and I was like, I love him, but I'm real tired. So <laughs> we'll get back to that. Anything? Oh, um, yeah, I saw I saw a bunch of movies because I. Went on a plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see Premium it. Rush? Uh, no, I saw. Rush? I reviewed Premium no. Rush, and I liked Premium Thank Rush. You. Uh, I saw the other Dream Team. If you guys, you guys, the one. The Is other that with Dennis? Uh, that's with Dennis Rodman. No, it's <laughs> no. Uh, it's a documentary about the Lithuanian oh, Olympic team. It's super uh -huh. interesting. Like, if you don't know anything about the story. It's such an uplifting film. You and it's saw really that exciting. on a plane? What planes wow. are you on? I'm a, I'm like a big documentary. Like, I love Did you bring your own documentary? Yeah, I always, oh, okay. I always come prepared. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw The Hunting Grounds, which was amazing. Kirby Dick about campus sexual assault. So much fun. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we saw Fury oh, I Seven. wanted to see that because his Invisible Fury War I love Invisible awesome. War. And if you see and Sick. frustrating. If, I don't know if you've, you've seen, seen that, too. Oh, my God. I love Sick. That's, that's just weird. Yeah, but Invisible War made me so angry. But it's such a great movie. Yeah. Invisible War was about rape in the military. Oh, Fury 7. Furious Seven. Yeah. Vin Diesel. <laughs> which that? one doesn't belong? Which one? <laughs> Not quite like well, the other one. Well, you know what it is? It's like when you're on a diet. You eat something that's good for you, and then you just have little sweets. Yeah, you I actually that? really little, enjoyed Furious Seven as well. Just for fun. On a plane? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect that on is, a plane. Th that's, that is a small screen for that movie, because that oh, movie is like a huge cartoon. I don't need it to be bigger. <laughs> that's just... <laughs> that's I thought that was vibe. one of its biggest assets, though. It was like, holy God, they're, jump, they're you know driving off a plane. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, is the CGI bad in that? Somebody told me that. I don't it think probably so. looked great on a plane. <laughs> yeah, it looks great on a plane, right? 
Um, I heard that a lot of the the stunts were actually practical. Oh, that's uh, really? with the cars, but I don't know what they were. I'm curious about the fight sequences. Not so great. Oh, uh, especially with Ronda Rousey. It's like if you have Ronda Rousey, I want to see her move around yeah. and not be cut to bits. But yeah, that's Karen's big problem. It drives me crazy. There was some of that in uh, No Escape. Right. That you had a problem with. I like to be able to see what I'm looking at. What they can do. Well, yeah. Punch a guy. Yeah. We want to see it. Yeah. The stuntmen go through all that trouble, especially to risk your life. Let's not yeah. cut around like a maniac and. I mean, let's think about uh, one of the most uh, one of the most surprising and excellent action sequences of this year or last year. I can't remember when Kingsman came out. Was that this year? That was oh, February, that was yeah. fantastic. That, that is was a great. that scene in the church. Yes. You see what's happening, and it's all fantastic <laughs> yeah. with our with oh. our superhero uh, Colin Firth. <laughs> Quite the action star. <laughs> You'd never know. Yeah. You'd, You'd never, never know, know well, but he was bad at That's the movie that brings everybody together. Because yeah. she wants to see a Colin Firth movie. I want to see an action movie. We see the same movie. And, and it's done by the same guy that did Kick Ass. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So and you can yeah. see all yeah. of the blows and all of the yeah. movement and all the work. <laughs> I got to check it's it good. out. Oh, it's good. All right, Karen, while that you're talking, let's, uh, let's throw things over to you and go out the oh, way we okay. know best by celebrating the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Bring it. Get comfortable, Bart. We're starting off our week of birthdays by wishing very happy birthday to Mr. Bill Murray. Uh, uh, we'll be here a while. No, that's going to be quick. He turns 65, but he can play anywhere from a caddy to a cad. See what I did there? I saw that. What's the cad? Uh, uh, what's that one? Kingpin. Um, Kingpin. Oh, yes. We all know Bill's work from such classic films as Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, Stripes, but... What movies did Mr. Bill Murray turn down? This is always kind of fun. Ooh. He was offered the role of Steve Carell's role in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh. Mm. He would have been great in that. Yep. yep, and he actually does kind of regret that, they say here. Uh, the information I'm getting is all from IMDb, not some wackadoodle site. So I think at least Murray's people had something to do with this. He also was considered for the role of Batman, Bruce Wayne, in the 1989 I Batman. This. I heard this. Uh -huh. Now huh. that's when it was going to be identical to the 1960s TV version before Tim Burton came along and then it yeah. petered out. That would have been hysterical. That would have been, yeah. been very funny. He was considered for the role of Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. Oh. That would have been better than Garfield. And he was <laughs> considered for the role of Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the 2005 mm. version. I have what one death? other. Oh, yeah. What's he that? was considered for Rain Man. Yes. Yes. Oh. Uh-huh. Wow. Tom Cruise's character? No, no, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman's character. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> he could play both. Also, he, he didn't oh. even know why he turned it down. He just said, I just, just read the script, and I was like, mm, no. Nah. He was wow. cast in something else. I didn't write it down, and he was offered the role, but they couldn't find him. So they eventually gave it to Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, well, couldn't he, he, find him. he couldn't giant? find him. What was it? Yes. I'm going to say But yes, that's the risk you fun. run, Bill. Yeah, just if can't you want to be him. aloof and, you know, yeah. hard yeah. to get. They finally yeah, just you can't like, be in my giant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your risk. <laughs> it wasn't, thank God, it wasn't that. But also, Lee, I know how much you love fun facts. I almost insist that all my facts be fun. <laughs> Otherwise, why, why bother? Why learn? I, of course, love Ghostbusters, and uh, I thought it was kind of neat. I learned that Murray and Dan Aykroyd reprised their Ghostbusters 1984 characters to visit a terminally ill child who was a fan of the film, and he wanted to meet them. Aww. And so that was one of the first times that he put the suit back on since he made the movie. But now, Bill Murray has agreed to appear in Ghostbusters, the remake starring Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, and I can now completely get behind the movie because before, I didn't like the idea that Bill Murray wasn't excited about mm. it. And then, of course, Harold Ramis passed away. And I love Ghostbusters, and I don't want anybody to ruin it. And 
And all those girls crying at ghosts. Oh, I see a ghost. Oh, we don't want all that crying and running around. <laughs> Eek, a ghost. <laughs> You're so stupid. But now that Bill Murray is involved, I am excited. And now I was just thinking about this today as I was in the car. I was like, why would I not want this movie to be great? It's got women yeah. leads. Women getting to be Ghostbusters. How great would that be to be a Ghostbuster? Do they get the good Ghostbuster parts? They get all the good Ghostbuster jobs, you know? Because uh, really, <laughs> it all comes down to good Ghostbusting. But also, one of my favorite impersonations. <laughs> uh, you know, um, also we've got everybody on board. We got Dan Aykroyd back. We got Bill Murray, and we just found out Ernie Hudson. There's the linchpin right oh, there. We got to have Ernie back. Words, uh, you know, jury's out though whether they play the characters from. Ernie the probably original. shouldn't take the same tack that Bill does, making uh, yes. it hard to get a hold of him. Uh, Ernie, <laughs> Ernie, just be around. Be on Facebook, Ernie. <laughs> All right, and of course, I want to also put a little plug in here for Rock the Casbah, which looks oh, amazing. That looks yeah. And that's going to be opening on October 23rd, and that has Bruce Willis and Zoe Deschanel and Kate Hudson, and they all look great in it, too. So. And I heard they don't cry. I don't, I don't know. If they do, they probably just cut their heads off. Bill Murray <laughs> as, a, uh, as a rock manager, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. managing a young talent. Zoe Deschanel, and he takes her over to sing for the um, yeah. troops. And then apparently that goes poorly, and he doesn't have any identification. So then he just Bill Murray's his way out of it. That's all you need. I bet you that's all the pitch was. <laughs> whatever, whatever you got, he Bill Murray's his way out of it. And they're like, "Oh, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. See, I'd see that." I just love the fact that in the preview, um, they just show him open the trunk, and there's a girl in there who's going to sing, and she's this cute little girl, and she's in her, um, what do they call that one piece thing? I don't shawarma. Know. She's in one of those veil things. It's not shawarma. shawarma? She's not a shawarma. Not that a would shawarma. be a fine guess. That's an excellent guess. But anyway, she gets out, talks to him, says, you have to take me with you. And of course, he doesn't want to. And then he goes, all right, fine. Get back in the trunk. <laughs> That's so Murray. That's so. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm kidding. You can ride up here with us. I love that. But anyway, so Bill Murray's birthday, and I love him, and that's exciting. Uh, and also, go check out my Facebook feed if you want to see a song I wrote about Bill Murray with the movie guys yeah. backing me up and doing a little choreography. I forgot we did that in our live show about four or five years ago, and I brought it back out. You're dancing and singing, Bart. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like a lady. <laughs> like a- yeah. <laughs> He looks a lot like a lady like a in there. Girl. Mm-hmm. And finally, because you know Bill Murray takes up so much time, let's wish a very happy birthday to the boss, Bruce Springsteen. He turns 66 years old today, but he can play anywhere from anywhere from a trailer park in Jersey to Madison Square Gardens. We of course know that him from Born to Run and the rock anthem, Born in the USA. And I just found this out today. I thought this was neat. Director writer Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, he asked Springsteen to write a title song for a movie he had written called Born in the USA. So Springsteen wrote the song, and then he liked it for himself so much that he decided not to give it to his friend and keep it for his own Platinum Award-winning album. So as a replacement for Born in the USA, he wrote another song for Schrader's movie called Light of Day. And that song became the film's new title. So then that's the Michael J. Fox movie, Light of Day. With Joan Jett? Yeah. Shot in Cleveland. Uh, All the big hits are shot in Cleveland, clearly. So it's just good to know that they didn't waste Born in the USA on that movie. <laughs> or okay. a movie in Cleveland. <laughs> or a movie in Cleveland on that song. Uh, so, so it was just kind of fun. I always like to go through and figure out what songs, especially with big people like Bruce Springsteen, what songs of his have appeared in movies. So what I did is I have a couple here, and I'm going to say the name of the movie, and you guess what the name of the Bruce Springsteen song is. Oh, oh God. Liz is ready. I What's, just know one. I oh, just want okay. you to say that one. Oh, hopefully it's on here. I only, I only <laughs> grabbed five, but... They're pretty straightforward <laughs> because I wanted to make it, you know, 
accessible for Bart. All right, so I'll say the name of the movie. Okay, the first one, very easy. It's a Susan Sarandon, Sean Penn movie called Dead Man Walking. What Bruce Springsteen song is in that? Born in the USA. <laughs> oh, that is a good question. It's so easy. I'm going to cheat. Do you got it? No. Oh, it's so easy. You're going to punch right? yourself in the no nose. Guesses, no guesses, right? Uh, the, the movie's called Dead Man Walking, and so the t- song is called Dead Man Walking. <laughs> oh, with an apostrophe? Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know that song. Oh, yeah, so that's, that's it. Uh, how about 1993's Philadelphia? Streets of Philadelphia. That's right. Yeah. And Risky Business? What? Oh, that had... Uh, Come on, it's got that classic. Oh, oh um, that's the Bob Seger. It had Hungry Heart in it. Yes. Yeah. Originally oh, written by him for the Ramones. Ooh. But he decided oh, wow. to record it himself. He does this a lot. Right? Yeah. He's, he's Hang on to your a, shit, Bruce. Yeah. It works out well. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one he did not write, but he sang it. In Honeymoon in Vegas. It's probably... Burn in Love? I thought that was close. all Elvis. Yeah. It's an Elvis song. Wait, he recorded an Elvis song for that uh-huh. so, for that wow. movie? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. For for Honeymoon in Vegas. Liz, you got to start shouting out I the one thing. I just know what. We haven't won it yet. Viva Las Vegas. Uh, he, oh. re- he recorded Viva Las Vegas. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. you got to hear that. Oh, I love Bruce. No, I'm going to do another one, but if it's not the right one, Liz, you jump in. <laughs> in Roger and Me, he wrote and performed a song that is heartbreaking. Oh. Think about it. It makes sense. Say your, say your answer, Liz. My oh. Hometown. No, My Hometown. Not, yeah. uh, What's yours? Um, in Good Dick, have you seen Good Dick with um, Jason Ritter and I can't say her name, but she's writer director and I should know her name. It's but I anyway so Mariana Polka, Mariana Polka oh, and Jason Ritter. Um, they all do a cover of I'm on Fire by Bruce Springsteen no. as the credit Fun. sequence, huh. and I That's really great. like that song. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of people um, that he did I'm on Fire for because uh, most of them, by the way, are Hungry Heart. That's all over the movie. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, Bart, yes. you know how much when I love when celebrities sing, right? It's true, Liz. People ask me all the time, can you tell me two <laughs> interesting things about Karen? And the first thing I tell right? them is, she'll masturbate to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> Lori Dobler holding a boombox. So <laughs> careful what you say to her. Right. And secondly, she loves when celebrities sing. And I do. And of course, because it's Bruce Springsteen's birthday, I, I wanted to celebrate with him singing something from a movie. And I had one ready. Did it? we catch No, that? we have a... What do we have we instead? Have Tell us, what Paul, what the, we've won. What he, Karen, thanks, Karen. <laughs> uh, what we have here is what he won the Oscar for back in 1993 with Streets of Philadelphia. Hey! It's Bruce Springsteen. Bring it at home on your ride home. Thanks for... Oh, wait. What happened? <laughs> oh, wait. There it is. I'm not the... Uh, Are you going to hit the post? There you go. Oh, this there's a long post. Well, then knock it Hey, the weather today, 73 degrees. It should be good for your ride home. Be sure to carpool and then make the most of your day. Your family's waiting for you. They got brats uh, sitting out on the grill. <laughs> Mom's making some potato salad. Friends are going to be coming over. It's pool time. As it gets a little humid and sticky, you're going to need to cool off. So keep it right here for all the latest hits. And, God, see, I've told you it's a long intro. <laughs> 93.1. Bruce and Billy. Nice. I hit it. I hit it eventually. So happy birthday, Bruce and Billy. Yay. And not for nothing, he should have been nominated for The Wrestler as well, another five yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. The best. Yeah, yeah, great song in that too. Well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. Karen Bobby. You can follow us on Twitter at the Movie Guys for daily jokes and links. Also Facebook.com slash the movie guys, iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Special thanks to Liz Manichel. Yay! Yay!
Where can we find out all about uh, breadandbuttermovie.com, yeah? Oh, yeah. We're on iTunes, Amazon. Uh, oh, crap. I used to have oh, this crap. memorized. Voodoo. Voodoo uh, PlayStation, Xbox, Google Play. Uh, but you can find out at breadandbuttermovie.com or you can email me at breadandbuttermovie at gmail.com. And Perfect. you can get on the mailing list. Yes. Oh, I will just add you. <laughs> Without you even She asking. will find your email <laughs> on a return email and just lift it and then use that. It's a... Uh, um, on all the on demand too, right? Like if you have yeah. Time Warner and ATT mm-hmm. or whatever, those you can you find. You can just search for it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is like a you make a movie now and it can just have this huge life. It's there. Where it's like, well, I better wait to will it ever be in theaters again? You know, now it's there. Yeah, it's yeah. a home theater. So someone go find it. It's good. Uh, and Ray, thanks for coming on the show. Yay, Ray, Ray well, first well, told us about you. this movie and reviewed it for themoviegues.net, thanks, so you can check it out there. Also, thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as always, we owe everything to Pat Peach. Wouldn't be here without you, buddy. Next week, Hollywood calms down with the volume and I think releases only two movies, The Martian and Legend. We will talk about them, and we'll see you then. Okay. Thanks, Liz. The night has fallen.